you got cooking? How about cooking something up with me? Let's stir it up, boys. Welcome to the Boyd Seafood Outdoor Cooking Show. A weekly excursion into the fine art of preparing the world's most popular recipes under an open sky and an open flame. Boyd's One Stop is located at the base of the Texas City Dyke. Now, here's the old grill sergeant, Randy Hayes. I can tell the holiday season is in full swing because our neighbors have finally turned on their outside Christmas lights. <laughs> you know, the lights they leave permanently attached to their house year-round? No, we don't really have neighbors who do that. Well, not anymore. <laughs> not since we moved, anyway. I am serious when I tell you this. The first neighborhood we lived in when we moved to Houston 41 years ago, there was an all-brick house about two blocks away from ours, and the owner painted the brick pink. No, not some pale, pastel, understated pink. We're talking Pepto pink, if you know what I mean. Oh, don't worry. The Homeowners Association very promptly informed them that they couldn't do that. It was actually in the HOA bylaws, architectural controls. Maybe it was home maintenance standards. I don't really remember because I'm not interested in that sort of thing. But boy, everybody in the whole neighborhood was ready to grab torches and pitchforks and march in the streets. That house was hideous. We called it the Puke Pink House. That's probably not a phrase I should use on the Boyd Seafood Outdoor Cooking Show, right? I mean, we are supposed to be talking about food. That doesn't exactly sound appetizing, does it? So just forget I even mentioned that, okay? In fact, let's just change the subject back to Christmas lights. Although, I have seen pink Christmas trees, haven't you? Well, okay, maybe it was over half a century ago, but they were really quite popular for a few years. I don't think many people like them these days, but you can still find them online if, you, if, you're, if you're really into self-punishment. In fact, I saw one for sale on a very popular home furnishings website. You'd recognize it if I said the name. And the tree was marked Price Drop. Well, I guess so. I'm surprised they're not offering to pay me just to take that nasty old thing off their hands. That's ugly with a capital UG. Okay, I promise to stop talking about a pink Christmas. Sorry. However, I do remember when Elvis released that song, Blue Christmas, back in the 60s. Millions of people went out and bought blue Christmas trees. They decorated their houses with blue lights. I thought they were all bull goose loony. And you know, the craziest thing of all was that Blue Christmas was about a guy losing the love of his life to some other guy around Christmas time. So it didn't even have anything to do with the colors people used to decorate the Christmas trees or their homes. Some folks just kind of lost their grip on reality for a few years and decided blue was a perfectly acceptable color for Christmas. But I just couldn't understand it. My parents decorated our home in traditional red and green, and that was the way I liked it. Blue and um, that other color that I promised I'd stop talking about, those colors reminded me of what you'd find in a baby nursery in a hospital maternity ward, not Santa's workshop. I mean, have you ever seen Santa Claus in a blue suit? Don't answer that. We'll be here all day. <laughs> and I really wanted to talk about how happy I am that it's Christmas time. I mean, I love all the lights, and they always bring back really cool memories of my parents driving around my hometown of Fort Worth. We were looking at all the neat light displays on the homes and the businesses. 
my dad would always make the three of us some hot chocolate, and we'd pile in the car and drive for a couple of hours and just enjoy the wonder of it all. When I was really young, my grandparents would go with us, and it was always a special night for a little kid who loved Christmas. And it wasn't just the gifts that excited me. I really loved the music, especially at church. We attended a church with a big organ, and the woman who played it was really good. I even remember her name, Raylene Stewart. She was especially good about adding volume and extra sounds on that last chorus of certain songs, made them sound all the more grand and impressive. I also look forward to the food, because we ate Christmas lunch at my grandparents' house, and Grandma was the kind of cook that even Gordon Ramsay would love. I mean, she would cook for days in preparation for both Thanksgiving and Christmas, but it was Christmas dinner that was special to me, because she would make the same turkey and dressing that she'd already made once for Thanksgiving, but she would add a Christmas ham that meant we had more meat than you could find at the Hormel packing plant in the Fort Worth stockyards. And I was a born meat lover, so I'd just pile my plate full of turkey and ham. Then there wasn't room for those awful old vegetables I hated so much. Now, of course, I adore vegetables, but you know how kids are. And there are perfectly valid reasons why kids don't like vegetables. You can find several articles online about it. Just Google, why do kids hate vegetables? You'll immediately see what I'm talking about. And no, it's not some goofy internet thing. We're talking about the BBC Science Focus magazine. Okay, to give you a thumbnail explanation, there are toxins in plants that taste bitter to discourage us from eating them. Children have probably evolved a stronger aversion to bitter tastes to help them learn. Our evolutionary ancestors lived with lots of toxic plants, and we evolved a gene that makes the toxins in these plants taste bitter to discourage us from eating them. Now, adults have learned which plants are safe, and we lose about half of our taste receptors by the time we're 20 years old. So that makes vegetables taste less bitter as we grow older. It's a fact. Look it up. Just Google, why do kids hate vegetables? You'll be amazed. But back to Christmas. I never spent a Christmas away from home and family until I was stationed in Korea while I was in the Army. My first Christmas in uniform was at home because stateside, the military basically shuts down during the holidays. But when you're overseas, things are quite a bit different. Korea literally has tens of thousands of troops, and a lot of them guard the DMZ. <laughs> the North Koreans don't exactly take off for Christmas. That's a communist nation. They don't believe in God. So the troops stationed in Korea can't all go on leave at the same time like they can back in the U.S. Most of us had to stay at our posts all the way through the holidays. Now, don't get me wrong, my post was not on the DMZ. It was at the headquarters for the Armed Forces Korea Radio TV Network in Seoul, so I wasn't exactly standing guard in the snow with an M16 on my shoulder, but the Army would only allow a certain number of troops from each unit to go home for Christmas. Plus, it was expensive to travel halfway around the world on your own dime, and I was a buck sergeant. I didn't have enough money for airfare, so I just stayed in Korea, and I let some of the married guys travel back home to see their families. I'd be lying if I told you I wasn't lonely, but we all were, and we sort of banded together and made the most of it on Christmas Day. Actually, I volunteered to be on the air Christmas morning. It was kind of fun to play nothing but Christmas music. I actually impersonated the voice of Santa Claus as the guest DJ. Ho, ho, ho! 
One of the guys even produced up The Grinch That Stole Christmas, and I played it for some Korean kids who just stared at the radio like we were speaking a foreign language. Well, I guess we were speaking a foreign language to them. They didn't understand a word of English, but they did love all the funny voices we used to create the different characters. And a few years ago, I told you about throwing a Christmas party for the little girls who lived in the Amerasian orphanage that our unit funded. It was one of the most heartwarming and, at the same time, heartbreaking things I have ever seen. It, it, these Amerasian kids were outcasts in Korea back in those days. I have no idea if it's still that way or not. But the missionaries who ran the orphanage would get up an hour before dawn every day of the year to drive the streets of Seoul looking for Amerasian newborns who were abandoned on the sidewalk. The, the mothers of these children knew that their kids would be shunned by pure-blooded Koreans, so they simply deserted them on the curb like trash. And if these missionaries hadn't rescued them, they would have died where they left them. It made me realize how truly blessed I was to be an American. And watching those adorable little girls just squeal with joy when they just got a doll for Christmas made every big old burly soldier in the room cry like a baby. I vowed to remember how little it took to make those children happy. You know, Christmas is for children, but Christmas is about one child. A child who was and still is the light of the world. Hey, that's why we have Christmas lights. But there was an earlier festival of lights that's celebrated by folks who worship the very same God, the God of Abraham. And that's what we're going to talk about today on the Boyd Seafood Outdoor Cooking Show. So turn up your lights for whatever holiday you celebrate. And just like those little children back in Korea, let's all be happy with what we have instead of complaining about what we don't have. Oh, and by the way, Merry Christmas! Ho, ho, ho! If your barbecue's gone up in smoke and your cooking reputation is at stake, stick around. The Old Grill Sergeant will be right back with more ideas and advice to make your next cookout sizzle. Boyd's One Stop. The name says it all. If you like seafood, you'll love Boyd's. Conveniently located at the base of the Texas City Dyke. Boyd's One Stop has bait, tackle, fresh seafood, and even a restaurant all at 227 Dyke Road. If you fish Galveston Bay, Boyd's is the one and only stop for everything you need. There's a reason why they're called the live shrimp capital of Texas. But they've also got lots of finger mullet, croaker, plus fresh dead shrimp, shad, and squid. Plus, Boyd's has tackle galore, ice and ice chests, and cold drinks and snacks. Just need fresh fish for a family seafood feast? The freshest seafood, like table shrimp, live blue crab, and crawfish when in season, is in stock and ready for you at Boyd's. And if you're hungry right now, check out Boyd's Cajun Grill Express right next door. With a wide variety of breakfast, lunch, and dinner items like crawfish, oyster po'boys, and fried seafood platters. Boyd's One Stop, the name says it all, 227 Dyke Road at the base of the Texas City Dyke. It's Randy Hames again. Everybody needs a video or a new website or help in managing their social media. And my company, Edgewater Digital, can help. 
We help small businesses navigate the intimidating world of digital marketing. You've got a business to run, and you don't have time or expertise to build and maintain your website all by yourself, and you certainly don't have time to generate content for it. And when's the last time you had an extra hour or two to manage your company's internet ads or social media accounts? Like, never, right? Well, at Edgewater Digital, that's what we do. We have a talented web design team who've built a number of incredibly successful websites for companies large and small. Need content too? No problem. Edgewater can provide copywriting, photography, and videography services to enhance the content on your website, email marketing, or even social media. We're a full-service digital marketing solution with a track record of success. Call us today at 832-500-4272 or see our website, edgewater-digital.com. Randy Hames here, proud to introduce you to Belleville Meat Market, just 15 minutes south of Hempstead and 15 minutes north of Sealy on Highway 36 in Belleville. My good friends Jared and Marcus Poffenberger operate Belleville Meat Market, an old-fashioned butcher shop with superior products and great customer service. There's always a butcher on site at Belleville Meat Market, and their new processing plant is right next door. Hunters, a computer tracking system will follow your venison, wild hog, or exotics through every step of the process to ensure you get your meat your way. At Belleville Meat Market, you can pick and choose the cuts of beef, pork, or chicken you want, and they feature 28 flavors of pecan smoked sausage. Plus, Belleville Meat Market only uses lean pork in their sausage, so you get more meat and less fat. Tailgaters, drop by on your way to the game and get just what you need to feed your crew. Belleville Meat Market, just 15 minutes south of Hempstead and 15 minutes north of Sealy on Highway 36 in Belleville. Visit BellevilleMeatMarket.com or call 979-865-5782. Hey guys, Randy Hames here to tell you about my good friend Rick Allspa at the original Allspa's Hardware and Boutique in Kingwood. I've known Rick for years, and he's one of the finest Christian men I've ever met, but he's also got a dynamite hardware store at 2720 Westlake Houston Parkway in Kingwood. The original Allspa's Hardware and Boutique has everything you'd expect to find in a top-of-the-line hardware store, but with the personal service that's missing from the big-box stores. The original Allspa's Hardware and Boutique has tools and automotive, lawn and garden, electrical and plumbing, paint and hardware, all under one roof. But Rick is also an avid backyard chef, so the original Allspa's Hardware and Boutique features a complete barbecue pit house. From gas to charcoal grills to fryers and steamers, they've got it all at the original Allspa's Hardware and Boutique. They even offer grill maintenance and repair. Visit their website, allspas.com, or just drop by and see for yourself. The original Allspas Hardware and Boutique at 2720 West Lake Houston Parkway in Kingwood. Life is simple. Eat, sleep, grill. This is the Boyd Seafood Outdoor Cooking Show. Boyd's One Stop is located at the base of the Texas City Dyke. Now, here's the grill father, Randy Hames. Here's a dear friend and a broadcasting colleague. Susan Simon of Salem Communications. Welcome back, Susan. Thank you, Randy. It's so nice to be with you on the show. We originally met Susan when she became our account executive at Salem. That's right. Well, first of all, did I get the name right? Is it Salem Communications or is it Salem Media Group? It's now Salem Media Group. It used to be Salem Communications, and our deep, deep, deep corporate email addresses are still Salem Communications, but they changed the front-facing name as we started diversifying. So that's what the name change is all about. You guys are a lot more than just radio stations, right? Oh, absolutely. So what we started doing... um, 
oh gosh, probably about 15 years ago or so, we started acquiring websites. And the whole idea was just to get really, really good websites, either conservative ones or Christian ones, that we knew that our audiences would like, but we wanted to have them under our umbrella. And along with that, we got some really, really good employees that we pulled into our company. So that was a really neat thing. But we started realizing that audiences were everything. And the more that we could offer our audiences, the better it would be. So we started doing that. And then when everybody's sort of made the shift to digital marketing, we were ready not only to go out and sell things on Google and Bing and, you know, all the normal digital advertising, but we actually have audiences that we've curated on properties that we own that are not radio stations, Ah. their websites or apps. Well, digital media is something that we do here at Edgewater Studios, but Salem most certainly works on, on a much grander scale than we do. So outline some of the services that Salem can provide. Well, we do work on a pretty big scale. I don't know how grand it is. I mean, we always kind of think of ourselves as pretty simple folk and we're just trying to help people get more business. But, you know, we we do your normal things. So normal in the terms of digital. So, you know, you can buy pay-per-click advertising or display ads or, you know, some people call those banner ads. We can do targeted email and things like that. But we can also do in our own world of Salem, you can say, I want to reach people that only listen to your conservative stations and only go to your conservative websites and only use your conservative apps. And we can just do that. And we don't even have to mess around with Google. Do you do SEO work and things like that? Yep. We do SEO. We do search engine marketing. We do display. We do everything that a normal full service agency does. In fact, we are a full service agency. It's called Salem Surround, and it's a blast. So what are some of the other things that Salem, what would you call it again? Salem Surround. Salem Surround. What, what are some of the other things that Salem Surround does? Well, we do um, websites. We can build websites. We build landing pages. So if somebody is really, really small, like let's say we have a small church account and they don't have a big budget, we can do a three-page website for them and make it fully functional just like a normal website, but it's, it's just a smaller scale. And then when they're ready, because we've built it and they want to move up to five or six pages, we can add on to that as time progresses. So one of the things on the Christian side of the business world is that typically what we see are the people who are really, really great at preaching often don't have big budgets. Sometimes they're working and they just do their preaching part-time. Sometimes they just don't have a good ability to raise money, but they can raise followers. So we've always looked at our business from not a small scale in sense that we want to have a small business, but if we had to help that single ministry person who's working on their own out of their car, not living in their car, but just working out of their car, um, we we can help them too. So we're really trying to think of that, and it keeps us humble. And it keeps us always with a servant mentality. And I I think that's really the biggest difference between us and everybody else. We really do come at it from a servant point of view. Well, does this translate over to small businesses in general? Absolutely. And the wonderful thing about that, you know, it's really easy, Randy. And I'm working on a really big campaign right now. And we're doing a test market in two markets, uh, Dallas and Los Angeles. And that's, it's going to be really fun. And then we're going to take the campaign national. And it's a blast to work on it because I've got a big, gigantic budget. But sometimes the 
smaller ones are the more satisfying, gratifying, because when we can take a smaller solution and really make it work for somebody who doesn't have a gigantic budget, that's really neat. And really, if you think about it, most of the businesses in America are small businesses. Absolutely. They're not big, giant ones. And so we're we're here to serve them. It's a brave new world out there in digital marketing. And, <laughs> and the businesses, that I think, that are clinging to the old media of the 20th century are just missing a lot of opportunities. But at the same time, they're actually falling behind their competition. Do you not agree? I agree with you so much. And I think it's really tough for people like that because they want to move ahead. They want to try new things. And it's really scary. It's, as you know, digital is a whole new language. Yeah, for sure. And sometimes it's very abstract in how the application of the ads work. And, and it's not like... You know, when somebody advertises, if they advertise on the Outdoor Cooking Show or on KNTH, you can tell them, well, this, this ad is going to run at this time. You can turn on the radio and you can hear it. With digital advertising, they can't tell you when it's going to show up. And you can't really just sit on your computer and find it necessarily, even though you have all the data supporting that it did do what it's supposed to do. It was displayed to a certain amount of people over a certain period of time and that sort of thing. And I think for some people, that's a little unnerving. Mm -hmm. How can listeners contact you at Salem to find out more about these services that you can offer in digital media plans? Well, they can call me um, and all they have to do is dial 713-260-6115. And we can explain everything to them. There's no obligation. We can even do a website health check for them. That's completely free. We do that as just a courtesy. And it gives an idea. And a lot of times when we do that, I can give any business owner things that they can do with their own website for their own people. And if that's as far as we go together and then we've met each other and we've made a good connection, I consider that a win. So if you want a free website checkup, we'll do it. If you want to talk to me about marketing, even if you just want to bounce ideas, there is no obligation to talk. I'm a big believer, Randy, that energy begets energy. Mm-hmm. And maybe somebody calls up and they don't really have a budget, but they'd love to talk to a professional. Well, I would love to be that professional that they talk about because I am absolutely convinced if I have a great conversation with a business owner and I can help them, even if they're not buying anything from me, I know that down the line they're going to remember. And maybe they'll refer something to me or somebody to me, or maybe they'll pick it up in a couple of years when they can't afford it and they'll call me back and then we get to work together. And maybe they'll pass it forward themselves. Maybe they'll in turn go out and help somebody. So I'm a real big believer in that. So that's why we offer everything as a no obligation. Let's get acquainted. Well, digital media or new media, as some people call it, is really exciting stuff. But this is, after all, the Boyd Seafood Outdoor Cooking Show. And Susan is a lot more than a broadcasting executive or digital media guru. She is also a self-described foodie. Isn't that right, Susan? I am a foodie and I am a self-described pretty good home cook. I do pretty good. So what are your first memories of cooking and working in the kitchen when you were young? So my parents are English, 
And one of the things that meant was we had potatoes with almost every meal. <laughs> and so there was a lot of potato peeling going on in our house. And I used to bug my mom when she was cooking. Well, what about this? Can I put this on it? And I didn't understand that certain flavors went with certain things. So apparently, according to her at least, I wanted to stick weird flavors onto weird food. <laughs> so she would always, you know, want me to be quiet and stuff. So to make me <laughs> be quiet, she used to feed me while... So one day, this is kind of weird. You're going to think this is weird. Or maybe you're one of the people like me. But one day, there was nothing around, I guess, to eat. So she gave me a piece of raw potato. She put a little bit of salt on it and gave it to me. And to this day, if I want a snack and I'm feeling nostalgic, I'll peel a potato and slice it and eat it raw. Wow. That's great. Yeah. So obviously, your mother was your mentor in the kitchen, right? She was. And then my Aunt Pearl, who was really my mom's aunt, but we called her Aunt Pearl. Aunt Pearl was one of those women that you would say, you know, Auntie Pearl, I really want a cake. And she'd say, okay. And she would literally just pull the stuff out of the cupboard, not measure it, throw it in the bowl, mix it up, stick it in the oven, and it would come out cake. (laughs) That's great. Uh, We want to talk to you about specific holidays and the foods that go with them. So can you stick around for a little bit longer? Absolutely. Are we going to talk about Hanukkah? Yep. Stay patient. Dinner will be ready right after the smoke alarm goes off. Randy will be right back with more smoke and hot tips for you and your old plane right after this short break. Hey guys, Randy Hames here to tell you about my good friend Rick Allspa at the original Allspa's Hardware and Boutique in Kingwood. I've known Rick for years, and he's one of the finest Christian men I've ever met, but he's also got a dynamite hardware store at 2720 Westlake Houston Parkway in Kingwood. The original Allspa's Hardware and Boutique has everything you'd expect to find in a top-of-the-line hardware store, but with the personal service that's missing from the big-box stores. The original Allspa's Hardware and Boutique has tools and automotive, lawn and garden, a electrical and plumbing, paint and hardware, all under one roof. But Rick is also an avid backyard chef, so the original Allspa's Hardware and Boutique features a complete barbecue pit house. From gas to charcoal grills to fryers and steamers, they've got it all at the original Allspa's Hardware and Boutique. They even offer grill maintenance and repair. Visit their website, allspas.com, or just drop by and see for yourself. The original Allspas Hardware and Boutique at 2720 West Lake Houston Parkway in Kingwood. Boyd's One Stop. The name says it all. If you like seafood, you'll love Boyd's, conveniently located at the base of the Texas City Dyke. Boyd's One Stop has bait, tackle, fresh seafood, and even a restaurant, all at 227 Dyke Road. If you fish Galveston Bay, Boyd's is the one and only stop for everything you need. There's a reason why they're called the live shrimp capital of Texas. But they've also got lots of finger mullet, croaker, plus fresh dead shrimp, shad, and squid. Plus, Boyd's has tackle galore, ice and ice chests, and cold drinks and snacks. Just need fresh fish for a family seafood feast? The freshest seafood, like table shrimp, live blue crab, and crawfish when in season, is in stock and ready for you at Boyd's. And if you're hungry right now, check out Boyd's Cajun Grill Express right next door, with a wide variety variety of breakfast, lunch, and dinner items like crawfish, oyster po'boys, and fried seafood platters. Boyd's One Stop, the name says it all, 227 Dyke Road at the base of the Texas City Dyke. 
Hi, friends. Randy Haynes to tell you about Cellular and Satellite. Cellular and Satellite are specialists in wireless data plans for businesses. Because they buy in large quantities, Cellular and Satellite can give you a data plan on the same provider you're using today, but at a lower cost. Cellular and Satellite can also combine the two largest wireless providers into a single data plan. Two carriers with better coverage, but only one invoice to pay. If your workforce is international, Cellular and Satellite offers a global data SIM with fixed pricing in over 200 countries. You'll never have to pay international roaming charges again with Cellular and Satellite. And they can handle all your wireless data needs whether you need 10 or 10,000 data SIMs. So if you're an IT professional, mobility manager, or business owner, save money and increase your network availability by letting Cellular and Satellite simplify your wireless life. Call Cellular and Satellite today, 832-551-1000, or go to CellularAndSatellite.com. Randy Hames here, proud to introduce you to Belleville Meat Market, just 15 minutes south of Hempstead and 15 minutes north of Sealy on Highway 36 in Belleville. My good friends Jared and Marcus Poffenberger operate Belleville Meat Market, an old-fashioned butcher shop with superior products and great customer service. There's always a butcher on site at Belleville Meat Market, and their new processing plant is right next door. Hunters, a complete computer tracking system will follow your venison, wild hog, or exotics through every step of the process to ensure you get your meat your way. At Belleville Meat Market, you can pick and choose the cuts of beef, pork, or chicken you want, and they feature 28 flavors of pecan smoked sausage. Plus, Belleville Meat Market only uses lean pork in their sausage, so you get more meat and less fat. Tailgaters, drop by on your way to the game and get just what you need to feed your crew. Belleville Meat Market, just 15 minutes south of Hempstead and 15 minutes north of Sealy on Highway 36 in Belleville. Visit BellevilleMeatMarket.com or call 979-865-5782. Stand back. We've got our grill on. This is the Boyd Seafood Outdoor Cooking Show. Boyd's One Stop is located at the base of the Texas City Dyke. Now, here's the grill father, Randy Hayes. We're back with our good friend and broadcasting colleague, Susan Simon, from the Salem Media Group here in Houston. We thank you for your foodie insights today, Susan. Well, you're welcome. It's fun to share them with somebody who's interested in food like I am. Well, it's the holidays, and we would be remiss if we didn't ask, how was your Thanksgiving? Well, it was great. I made my, I always make a beef tenderloin for Thanksgiving. Really? Yes, and that's because when it became easy just to get a turkey breast at the store and you didn't have to buy a whole turkey, yeah. and that's my favorite part, I started cooking that throughout the year, and so by the time it became Thanksgiving, that wasn't so special anymore, but I love a good beef tenderloin, and I took some tips from you, actually. I do it in a cast iron skillet. Really? And then roast it in the oven. So I, yeah, comes out good. <laughs> so talk about the specifics of how you do that. Okay. So um, right now we're empty nesters. So it's just my husband and I. So I'll usually get a about two, two and a half pound tenderloin because we want something left over for roast beef sandwiches. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what I do is I take my cast iron. I got a big 12 inch or just a lodge cast iron. Is it okay to say the brand name? Because I just did it. You bet. Plug the lodge. Anyway, it's a great cast iron. And I did buy a pre-seasoned one, which is an easier way to do it. So you don't have to season your own pan. And I got it at Target. <laughs> and 
I just, uh, th- th- really simple, just a tiny bit. I use avocado oil, just a teeny weeny bit of avocado oil in the bottom of the pan, and I brown it on all sides on the stovetop. And then once it's browned, I season it up with just salt and pepper, and that's it. And then I stick it in the oven, and I roast it till it's medium. Wow. And you, you get two things that happen. One, the caramelization just from browning it on the outside just makes it look real pretty. And then it gets a really nice crust on the outside from the cast iron. But it's nice and juicy and moist on the inside. And then depending, I mean, I think potatoes, meat, that's a good combo. So we'll do some kind of potato thing. This year it was smashed potatoes. Have you done that? No, but we'd love to hear about it. Okay. So you know those little tiny potatoes that come in a bag? Mm -hmm. Sometimes they're multicolored or they're red or whatever. Get whichever bag looks the freshest and the best to you. I did the multicolor ones. I'm going back to the yellow ones. That's my favorite, the Yukon Gold. (laughs) But, But you can do any of them. And you just boil them to the point where you can, once they come out of the the water, so this maybe takes 10 minutes or so, that you can gently flatten them with uh, the bottom of a drinking glass or a cup. Yep. And then I just pan fry them. Wow. And they are good. And then we serve them (laughs) sort of potato latke style. So we serve them with uh, sour cream and chives and butter. Yummy. Now, you you mentioned latkes, so we got to move along here. There are several major holidays mm-hmm. that are on the immediate horizon. Thanksgiving's in the rearview mirror. I know. Goodbye. <laughs> but we just passed by one of them, and that's Hanukkah. Yes. Susan is Jewish. Yeah. So we're looking for some guidance from you here. First of all, I think all Gentiles have heard of Hanukkah, but often we don't know exactly what it is. So explain. Well, the holiday is a celebration of the oil that was used to light the candles in the temple uh, when we were under siege, and we only had enough oil for one night, but God miraculously stretched that oil supply to seven nights, and so we honor that by lighting a candle every night, and then we thank God for the preservation of the oil and the preservation for us as a people, and so it's called the Festival of Lights because we're celebrating that the light lasted. And we have all kinds of different food that we like to eat. And there's tons of traditions depending on what part of the country you're in. So one of the common ones that everybody knows about are potato latkes. And that's where you take a raw potato and you basically grate it up into a bowl of water so it doesn't discolor. And then you wring it out till it's super dry and combine it with onions and whatever spices you like to put in it and pan fry it. And it's literally butter fried potato pancakes and they are traditionally served with with sour cream and applesauce which sounds weird but it's delicious (laughs) but now people riff on it so if you google new jewish cooking you'll see beet latkes and zucchini latkes and sweet potato latkes so you can do all kinds of neat stuff with them so those are delicious of course matzo ball soup where would we be without that? Okay, now explain there. I've heard of matzah balls, but I don't know exactly what they are. Matzah is unleavened bread. And again, being under siege a lot, the Jewish nation, um, we had times where we didn't have any leavening for bread. So we made flat bread with no leavening at all. And it kind of looks like a cracker, and we call it matzah. And so to bake with it or to make things with it, you can grind the matzah up. Now you do it in a food processor, but I think back then they probably did it in a mortar and pestle. But anyway, you grind them up and add some eggs and some seasoning and some other things and put them together and you make little dumplings out of them and you 
just like you would put a dumpling in chicken soup. It's the same exact thing. It's just made out of matzo ball. Ah. So some of them are small, which I think is better because they're a little bit heavy. Yeah. But there's a couple of very famous restaurants here. In fact, there's one in the Galleria area. If you ever go, it's called Kenny and Ziggy's, and they make matzo ball soup, but they do a giant one. But somehow they've they've made it fluffy and light, and I don't know how they do it, but it's fantastic. And if you do go there, get that soup, um, matzo ball soup, or get another soup that they do called a mishmash, which is matzo ball and noodle and buckwheat and all kinds of neat stuff in it with the chicken and the broth. Delicious. Well, you mentioned Google a moment ago. I did Google it, and one of the first dishes I saw that is traditionally served at Hanukkah is brisket yes now that's right in our wheelhouse here at the boyd seafood outdoor cooking show that's right so tell us how you prepare a brisket you know that still goes on the family so if your family's from eastern europe you're going to have a sweeter flavor on it so sometimes it's done my mother used to do hers with prunes she would roast the brisket in the oven and put prunes in it which sounds really weird but it's delicious because the prunes would break down and it would make a glaze for the meat and you know it's brisket so you have to cook it to death right Uh well it is dead well anyway (laughs) that was a weird turn of phrase but you have to cook it until the meat start you know all of the connective tissue start dissolving and it gets that sort of ropiness to it yep so yeah we have brisket a lot a lot that's not an uncommon thing for us to have what else came up on your search um sufgani did i say that right I don't know. I don't know what that is, but I'm going to look that up. There's a lot of... Okay, so... Hold on. I, I got it right over here. Okay, tell me what it is. It's a round, deep-fried yeast dough okay. filled with jam and sprinkled with powdered sugar. Okay, I'll have one. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds good. That's a donut. Okay, here's another one. Um, Kugel. Kugel. Okay, so... Oh, Kugel. Okay. Kugel is noodles, those flat egg noodles. Oh, yeah. Some sort of custard, some sort of sweetening agent. And in my mother's way of making it, she would make it with um, either raisins or sultanas mixed into it and topped with almonds. Wow. And it's a, oh, it's delicious. It's like rice pudding, but with noodles. Well, now I got another one here. It's called okay. gelt. But now I understand that gelt was originally money, right? Yes. Yeah. So Hanukkah gelt is our chocolate coins. And you usually give them to children. Wrapped in gold. Wrapped in gold foil. Yes. And they're delicious. And they're fun. So is there any truth to the rumor that you give kids guilt to kind of bribe them into studying the Torah? Probably in the strictest of households, yes. <laughs> usually in our household, it was a bribe for not doing something. <laughs> <laughs> or for taking out the trash or washing the dishes. Right, exactly, exactly, exactly. You'll get extra Hanukkah gelt, you know, which is really fun. And then did the dreidel come up? Of course. That's the little, that's the spinning top that we we play games with and, and you either put things into the center of the, of the people that you're playing with or not. And you can, it's kind of like a little bit of a gambling game, but not really. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, I was going to ask what it was, but you just told me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just sort of like, you know, I don't know. It's just for fun. I mean, everything is really family oriented at a, at a Hanukkah celebration. This has been Susan Simon of Salem Media Group. Tell us again how listeners can get in touch with you and find out more about 
the digital media services okay. that Salem can provide, Susan? Well, they, they can call me at 713-260-6115 and just say, I want to talk about marketing and I want to have a no obligation talk with you to see what I'm doing and maybe you can help. Well, we know it's already too late to wish you happy Hanukkah. Hanukkah's over. Aww. So happy new year and all the best to you, Susan. Thank you. And Merry Christmas to you. Life is short. Grill while you can. Randy will be right back with more food and fun after this break. Randy Hames here, proud to introduce you to Belleville Meat Market, just 15 minutes south of Hempstead and 15 minutes north of Sealy on Highway 36 in Belleville. My good friends Jared and Marcus Poffenberger operate Belleville Meat Market, an old-fashioned butcher shop with superior products and great customer service. There's always a butcher on site at Belleville Meat Market, and their new processing plant is right next door. Hunters, a computer tracking system will follow your venison, wild hog, or exotics through every step of the process to ensure you get your meat your way. At Belleville Meat Market, you can pick and choose the cuts of beef, pork, or chicken you want, and they feature 28 flavors of pecan smoked sausage. Plus, Belleville Meat Market only uses lean pork in their sausage, so you get more meat and less fat. Tailgaters, drop by on your way to the game and get just what you need to feed your crew. Belleville Meat Market, just 15 minutes south of Hempstead and 15 minutes north of Sealy on Highway 36 in Belleville. Visit BellevilleMeatMarket.com or call 979-865-5782. It's Randy Hames again. Everybody needs a video or a new website or help in managing their social media. And my company, Edgewater Digital, can help. We help small businesses navigate the intimidating world of digital marketing. You've got a business to run and you don't have time or expertise to build and maintain your website all by yourself. And you certainly don't have time to generate content for it. And when's the last time you had an extra hour or two to manage your company's internet ads or social media accounts? Like never, right? Well, at Edgewater Digital, that's what we do. We have a talented web design team who've built a number of incredibly successful websites for companies large and small. Need content too? No problem. Edgewater can provide copywriting, photography, and videography services to enhance the content on your website, email marketing, or even social media. We're a full-service digital marketing solution with a track record of success. Call us today at 832-500-4272 or see our website edgewater-digital.com. Hey guys, Randy Hames here to tell you about my good friend Rick Allspa at the original Allspa's Hardware and Boutique in Kingwood. I've known Rick for years and he's one of the finest Christian men I've ever met, but he's also got a dynamite hardware store at 2720 West Lake Houston Parkway in Kingwood. The original Allspa's Hardware and Boutique has everything you'd expect to find in a top-of-the-line hardware store, but with the personal service that's missing from the big box stores. The original Allspa's Hardware and Boutique has tools and automotive, lawn and garden, electrical and plumbing, paint and hardware, all under one roof. But Rick is also an avid backyard chef, so the original Allspa's Hardware and Boutique features a complete barbecue pit house. From gas to charcoal grills to fryers and steamers, they've got it all at the original Allspa's Hardware and Boutique. They even offer grill maintenance and repair. Visit their website, allspas.com, or just drop by and see for yourself. The original Allspas Hardware and Boutique at 2720 West Lake Houston Parkway in Kingwood. Boyd's One Stop. The name says it all. If you like seafood, you'll love Boyd's, conveniently located at the base of the Texas City Dyke. Boyd's One Stop has bait, tackle, fresh seafood, and even a restaurant, all at 227 Dyke Road. 
If you fish Galveston Bay, Boyd's is the one and only stop for everything you need. There's a reason why they're called the live shrimp capital of Texas. But they've also got lots of finger mullet, croaker, plus fresh dead shrimp, shad, and squid. Plus, Boyd's has tackle galore, ice and ice chests, and cold drinks and snacks. Just need fresh fish for a family seafood feast? The freshest seafood, like table shrimp, live blue crab, and crawfish when in season, is in stock and ready for you at Boyd's. And if you're hungry right now, check out Boyd's Cajun Grill Express right next door with a wide variety of breakfast, lunch, and dinner items like crawfish, oyster po'boys, and fried seafood platters. Boyd's One Stop, the name says it all, 227 Dyke Road at the base of the Texas City Dyke. May the forks be with you. This is the Boyd's Seafood Outdoor Cooking Show. Boyd's One Stop is located at the base of the Texas City Dyke. Now here's the guy who turns all the grills on, Randy Hames. It's time to talk to my pal, my best buddy from our days together is Hudson and Harrigan on the radio. Here's Fred Olson. What's up, my brother? Here's Johnny. <laughs> Boy, there's a nice, pleasant thought to start the holidays, huh? <laughs> well, I kind of miss Carson because he was funny, but there's that. <laughs> or Jack Nicholson. I kind of miss him, too. He's not in any movies anymore, is he? No, I think he... Um figured out it was hard for him he said to remember lines and stuff he was getting older you know he's got quite a body of work and uh but uh yeah truly a great actor i think we were watching something recently with him i said man he's good you miss people like that who showed up on time did a great job they could write they could produce they could direct and and uh he's a great actor and have you ever seen that interview with kevin bacon in which he describes that classic scene from a few good men no, I have not. I've got to look that up. Yeah, it's online. He he describes how Nicholson did all his lines. They shot his part. And then the director said, well, you can go ahead and go, Jack. We'll get somebody else to read your lines for other actors' reactions. And Jack went, no, no, I want to stay. I want to do it all. And <laughs> Kevin Bacon said he delivered the same lines exactly the same way 25 times in a row. It was <laughs> unbelievable. And as they're walking out, Kevin Bacon said, why did you stick around to do all those lines just to get other people's reactions? And he said, because I'm an actor and I love to act. <laughs> <laughs> you can't handle the truth. What a great scene. What a great scene. Are you keeping up with uh, Yellowstone? I haven't seen the most recent one. Nor have I. I haven't seen the latest one. Yeah. I had, I had church stuff. We're doing a community uh, cantata kind of thing. So I was at that. Uh, so I missed it. But I do have it on tape. I tape them all. So you did a Christmas cantata already, or were you just rehearsing for the cantata? Rehearsing for it. Yeah, that's coming up. So tonight when it's not 930 <laughs> and I'm not tired, uh, we'll, we'll uh, sit down and we'll plug it in and, and get caught up on <laughs> those people. I tell you what. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the, the old wild west in the 21st century, isn't it? Man, I'm just glad I'm not uh, engaged to that girl. I'm just <laughs> yeah. telling you. <laughs> Yeah, she's a handful. I feel sorry for Rip sometimes. <laughs> well, I've asked everybody else the same question, so I'll ask you too. How was your Thanksgiving? It was wonderful with the family and the kids and the grandkids, and, and it was really sweet and nice. And, you know, we actually did it. They did something I've never done before around a Thanksgiving table. There were seven of us, and everybody took time to tell everybody uh, whether it was me or whether it was Bev or whether it was their own mom and dad or brother and sister, 
what they were thankful about them for. Oh. And it was, it was emotional. It was really cool. You know, when, when your six-year-old grandson looked at you and, and tell you how, how much he loves you and why, it's just great. You know, I just, I mean, I was a mess. <laughs> so, yeah, it was great. It was, it was really, and that's what Thanksgiving was all about. So, Well, my family is always adamant about having traditional turkey and dressing for Thanksgiving dinner. But in my conversations with people on this show and then just some of my friends, I have noticed more and more that people are trying new and less predictable meals for Thanksgiving. How about you guys? No, we, we, I like the traditional stuff. In fact, my, my daughter-in-law made her first turkey, and it was brilliant. And you know why? She said she followed um, Pioneer Woman's recipe of brining it for 24 hours before and in salt and some brown sugar and orange peel. And, man, it, it was just phenomenal. So much so that we came home. And this last week, I went and bought a frozen turkey so we can cook it this week. <laughs> I want to do it. It's that good. Are you going to do it the way your daughter-in-law did it? Or are you going to deep fat fry it or what? No, no, no. We'll, we'll do traditional cook it in the oven after it's been uh, been blind. Yeah, it's. Uh, I don't want to. I like it basic. And I want dressing and I want all that kind of stuff, you know. Well, it's interesting that you bring that up, dressing, I mean, because every year my wife just works herself into a coma in the kitchen. She's trying to please all the members of our little family, and they all want certain side dishes. So I've been telling her for the last few Thanksgivings that I think she needs to scale back. Well, be careful what you ask for, Fred, because you just might get it. <laughs> dressing is one of my favorites, too, but everybody else said they could live without it. So that was the side dish that got ditched this year. And I just kind of bit my knuckle and didn't say how I really felt. But I must admit, I kind of miss the old cornbread dressing. Please don't tell my wife I said that, okay? <laughs> Yeah, I do too. I think it's it's critical. And according to my wife Beverly, when we we gone through uh, the COVID thing together, and, and I was well enough to go out and buy takeout Thanksgiving dinners this year. Wow! And I'm waiting in line. Everybody's masked up. Everybody's freaking out. You know, it was really bad. And and I was I, I was just getting used to being with people again. I was you know I it was a rough time for me. And so I'm standing there, and they bring out and uh, Olson, and I get my two bags, and I go up there and I get in the car and come home. Well, they'd forgotten the dressing. Oh. And the pie. Oh. My wife, well, I've never seen her so mad. To this day, I go, dressing. <laughs> and, <laughs> because, and, and I wasn't going to drive it half an hour back into town to get it. You know, it was busy, and, you know, no big deal. But boy, she, she goes, I didn't get dressing. I wanted dressing and pie more than anything. <laughs> I didn't get it. So this Thanksgiving, we made sure she got dressing. <laughs> well, Fred, I hate to say this, but you need to check that thing before you leave. Yeah, well, I was I was just on the edge of, you know, I, I didn't feel really good. The first time I'd driven in like a month, and I was just like shaky. And I went, okay, thanks, bye. Yeah. And I walked out the door, and I got home, and I went, look at the bag, man. Always look <laughs> in the bag. <laughs> well, I hope you didn't have to sleep out on the deck or something like that that night. <laughs> no, but but uh, again, I just look at I go, dressing. <laughs> so uh, we all have our moments. Well, I think I was the only one who ate the cranberry sauce, but it came from a can. So how difficult could that be? <laughs> I like it out of the can. I do. I I I want if I'm gonna. I have a little piece of that every year, but the fresh cranberry thing. No, okay. I want I want the jelly. And a little bit of that. So, well, one year my wife made cranberry sauce from scratch. Now this was exquisite. It was really good. But again, 
I was the only one who ate it. So I told her, don't ever do that again. <laughs> you know, if there's one thing that's always left from Thanksgiving, it's cranberry. Yep, it sure is. And the other thing is clean up. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I think that's the thing I'm most thankful for is that Thanksgiving is over because, <laughs> because clean up is a booger. And that's my contribution to the big meal. <laughs> There it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and let me tell you, your wife says, thank God I have a husband who will clean up and help me do this. And that's a big deal. It's a big deal around here. That's for sure. Well, I, I think it was a big deal about the first five to 10 years we were married, but now she's just kind of used to it. <laughs> so what you're saying is it took five to 10 years to get you trained. And, and, and I think that's probably a pretty good timetable. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, do you and Bev have any plans for Christmas parties for the next couple of weeks? No, we're just going to chill, man. We're just going to, uh, we had a great vacation, so we're back from that. We're just going to, uh, you know, get, get the house in order, the tree and stuff's up, but we're just going to have a quiet holiday season, and I'm looking forward to it. Well, I know you told us that you aren't going to gather the family for Christmas, so what will you and Bev cook up for just the two of you there at Rattlesnake Ranch? I think we're going to do a prime rib. We've had one sitting in the, in the freezer for about a year, so it's time to pull it out and, and, and cook it up. So we'll just do real basic, no reverse sear, no crazy stuff. Just put a thermometer in it, like the one you recommended for me, and let it go to 125, pull it out, let it rest for 10 minutes, and eat it. And what kind of sides will you serve with that? Well, let's see. I don't know yet. How about green beans? Um Ooh. How about mashed potatoes? Uh, How about dressing? No, wait, that's the wrong meal. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, don't let my, my wife will make that. I go, honey, why don't we have dressing? <laughs> or, or better yet, remember, remember stovetop stuffing? Can you imagine what that's made of? <laughs> Something synthetic, no doubt. <laughs> I think it's what they used to pack in Christmas boxes. <laughs> and then they, as, as a matter of fact, you can take the stuff that Amazon uses and just put it right in the oven, and that's the same thing as stovetop stuffing. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. I like that. We call it K-Pox stuffing is what we call it. <laughs> well, brother, I wish you a Merry Christmas. And just know that there's at least one person out here who's thinking about you and praying for you every day. That's your old Hudson and Harrigan show, buddy. And, and, and I for you as well, man. So Merry Christmas. And you notice what you gave me a huge gift. We didn't talk any football <clears throat> at all. <laughs> I appreciate that, man. I owe you. <laughs> we hope you've enjoyed this edition of the Boyd Seafood Outdoor Cooking Show. Send us your burning questions and favorite recipes in a private message on our Facebook page, The Outdoor Cooking Show, or visit our website, theoutdoorcookingshow.com. Join us next week for more tasty food and fun over a red-hot grill on the Boyd Seafood Outdoor Cooking Show. How's about cooking something up with me?